week, John visits Club Pluto. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. A 1,500 square foot club on the surface of the moon with questionable bartenders. Clean the f place out. Bad music. I believe that you could do this. And horrific food, plus a reputation with the lunar mob on this week's episode of the Pool Scene Podcast. You blew up my wood bar stools. You know how hard it is to get wood on the moon? In an interview with Barbara Walters, Eddie Murphy, making fun of himself, said, I know the two or three people that liked this movie. That's weird because Eddie Murphy does not know me. <laughs> I'm not sure why I like this one, but I do. And I think it's because it has like this, it feels like it's, it's in the same universe with like total recall or arena, except both of those movies. We knew what they were. I never watched this before. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to be. Yeah. I just don't know. I just, I, I think sometimes it doesn't take much to please me. And I'm just like, Ooh, flashing lights. <laughs> Pretty. So I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Hey now. This is the pool scene podcast. This week's movie is terrible. Oh, it's horrible. 2002 wasn't great for movies in general, but despite this movie being terrible, I, again, I honestly do enjoy it. Something about its stupidity is charming, but for those who didn't find the joy in watching, for this week's pool check, we return to music videos for the first time in forever. Yay! Before the music videos, we are discussing the adventures of Pluto Nash. Directing... A somewhat loaded cast is Ron Underwood. He had directed Tremors, so he's all right in my book. Yeah, I would agree. But in addition to Tremors, he also directed City Slickers and Heart and Souls and a couple other things, including the ABC family movie Holiday in Handcuffs with Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. It's a good one. So this Christmas, she's bringing home the perfect boyfriend, even if it is a felony. I'm not her boyfriend. She poked a musket in my ribs, tied me up with furry handcuffs, and drove me to wherever I am right now. Furry handcuffs. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> wow. I like it. The script dates back to 1983. At one point, Harrison Ford was considered to play Pluto Nash. I don't know how he could have fit in this movie. I think it was a totally different movie. It had to have been. Ron Underwood signed on after the success of City Slickers and the release of Mighty Joe Young. I don't want to place blame on any one thing, but basically I'm going to do that anyways and say that the problem with this one was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Murphy kept rejecting scripts for trying to include comedy. Murphy told the writers to give him what he called a straight script that they would have given to Stallone or Harrison Ford oh, and that God, he would bring the comedy. He kept telling them, give me the script that just does not include comedy. I'll add the comedy. How great would this have been though? If Stallone was in this, you already had cousin Polly in it. Hey, Polly, I'm Pluto Nash now. I'm on the moon. It's lunar fighting, man. Lunar generics. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into lunar generics later. <laughs> Underwood was unhappy with the film while they were making it. He knew it didn't have the tone that he was going for. What was his tone? I don't know. But the saddest quote to come out of that was that he said he enjoyed working with Murphy, but that Murphy, quote, wasn't feeling that funny, I don't think. <laughs> This whole movie wasn't funny. I don't know what it was. I think it was supposed to be. I, I don't, I wish I could read the original scripts. 
Somebody get me an original script, like the 1983 script. Can we literally, we'll do a swim meet series. We just read the script. We do a table read of the original script. I, let's get a hold of someone. Yes. Uh, same writer throughout. The same writer started with the 1983 script. Through, okay. I don't have that in front of me, so apologies to the writer who's probably listening to this because we're the only people right now on Earth talking about Pluto Nash. Or the moon. Uh, yeah. The uh, the work print of this movie, Jimmy, like this. It was three hours long. Oh, fucking why? Well. Oscar winning editor Alan Heim was brought in to be a fixer, but basically he was like, eh, it's a pile of shit. Gentlemen, Bruno, the boys. Looks like you're about due for a trade in, Mr. Nash. Hey, Bruno, what are you, uh, 65? Model 63. Deluxe. 63? <laughs> Talk about ancient. Your sister didn't seem to mind. Screw you, robot! And he thought they needed to reshoot most of it. Eddie Murphy actually financed most of the reshoots and even directed many of those scenes. But then the movie was shelved for almost two years before it was released. I think at one point they were going to shop it to the sci-fi channel for these graphics that are in this movie. Jim, not to spoil your bit, but at the time, this movie was the largest financial loss in the history of movies. Oh, yeah. How bad was it? Please give us the budget box office along with news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first, this is the 10 o'clock news. Get ready, pool seaters. It's now time for The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Is this a comic movie? Is it a comedy? Is it an action movie? Is it a sci-fi movie? No fucking idea. But it came out on August the 16th, 2002. Get ready, kitties. One hundred million dollar budget and it made seven point one million dollars get the fuck out of here no i cannot it's serious because it's very important base one hundred million get the fuck out of here serious i said it myself you look at this movie and go, did they spend $99.9 million on Eddie Murphy? Probably. I think they built the, they actually built Little America on the moon. I think they had to have because there's no other explanation. Randy Quaid, they got him for a hand sandwich and about $25. $7.1 million. And I said to you when we were watching this, you look at the movie poster, you see the adventures of Pluto Nash with Eddie Murphy's face. It comes across like a family movie. You see that cover, you see that poster. It's a family movie. Then he's saying ass shit, putting titties on Rosario Dawson, who doesn't need any more titties. She got great titty. But can you imagine as a family, you'd walk out in the middle of it. How many of these people used their valuable regal passes and said, fuck this, I'm out in 10 minutes. I get that. The number one movie at this time was Signs, so it had to go up against this. And the one thing about this movie goes with our number one song, and that's Avril Lavigne's Complicated. The Adventures yeah. of Pluto Nash domestically here made $4.4 million in domestic box office in the year 2002. It was 187th overall. Oh, the movie directly above it. So let me just read a couple. Of yeah, these. go for it. Italian for beginners. 186. Is uh, that like a dummies guide? Somebody made a fucking dummies guide. adaptation. A great movie, yeah. but, but an artsy movie. All right. 183. 
a movie called Extreme Ops. 182, Hollywood Ending. 181, Birthday Girl. I don't even know some of these what movies. What are these fucking movies? 173 in a movie called Imposter. Some of these movies are re-releases that made more money than the first run of Pluto Next. Okay, what was the movie you said when it was 183? 183 was Extreme Ops. We need to find this movie. We're going to cover that movie because it sounds like it could be like another Chinese-speaking well, vampires. Uh, while filming an advertisement, some extreme sports enthusiasts unwittingly stop a group of terrorists. Oh, we got it. It looks incredible we got it It made more money domestically than the adventures and it probably made a lot more sense there's i mean there are charlie murphy's in unheard of movies that made a lot more money than than i mean it tells you like it's floating down there with like the types of movies that are only released in 13 theaters but nobody knows what the hell this movie is i don't i still don't know what it is and i just watched the damn thing but the one thing you can be for certain about is go to buy that new dvd and there's a couple you could get at your local circuit city Circuit City, we're with you. The new guy, I know what that movie is. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, or Fellowship of the King, whatever the fuck it's called. I sat through (laughs) it in the movie theater. Wow, that took a lot of my time. I know that's a movie. I know what it's about. Another Eddie Murphy movie, Showtime. I know what that's about. He's another cop in it. We Were Soldiers, Crazy Mel Gibson, Vietnam, great movie. The Sweetest Thing, which is a WTF movie, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, we're going to do that one. That's a great one. And then finally, Van Wilder. I mean, great damn movie. On to the news. This is a weird one. The title of it is Whiskey Bottlers Demand More Bathroom Breaks. Kevin, Claremont, Kentucky employees at the Jim Beam Bourbon Distillery are sour. Oh, Oh. how they get that? Sour. Over restrictions on bathroom breaks. Workers on the bottling line are incensed that they're limited to four breaks for an eight and a half hour shift and only one of those can be unscheduled what? extra trips to the bathroom can result in reprimands i think i'm gonna have to take a shit around that 824 you better so. work that in because the workers with six violations can be fired however the state slammed them and hit jb with a citation and mashed them uh are they going <laughs> to are they owned by amazon now on to our man because we're doing 2002 music videos the pool check let's send it over to kurt loader in mtv news hi i'm kurt loader with an mtv news brief kevin the band of the year in 2002 nickelback really leaves the stage during the second song of their performance at the Iha do Ermal Festival in Portugal after being relentlessly pelted with rocks and bottles by the crowd. Cool. You know what, though? The older I've gotten, we've talked about this. Nickelback don't, was don't the... Don't me into this. <laughs> Nickelback was the easiest band yeah. to bash. Like, sure. oh, this fucking shit. You want to hear shit music? Listen to Nickelback. What did they do? And you brought this up, and this is all on you. You even said, how are they any different than yeah. the bands we did like? They just found a way to make it. They're no worse than some of these. And and somebody's buying yeah. the records and going to their concerts yeah. because despite how everyone and, and I don't necessarily I don't like Nickel, but but like someone's going to their concerts, they're spending palatable. money on CDs. Exactly like they're no worse than uh, breaking Benjamin. I don't know. And I don't give a shit what anybody says, and I'll say this, and I and I was the one that would even bash Nickel back, like, fucking why? Why would I listen to this shit? When How You Remind Me came out, everybody was fucking all about yeah. it. Is it because Chad Kroger kind of looks like a, a centaur guy? I don't know. He looks like a wet dog. 
I don't know how sick. Is a ramen hair? He's an interesting looking fella back then. Napster is finally shut down for good after a judge denies a bid from Bertelsmann to purchase its assets. Napster was kind of DOA once Lars Ulrich had to start pulling that shit. We used to get so much good shit through Napster. I remember getting excited that I ripped the evolution theme song from Napster. I was like, oh, I can finally got it on my iPod. Thankfully, Metallica is still around and releasing their single soon. If darkness had a sun. What kind of fucking? It's like, what's the <sighs> what's the one song? Uh, my lifestyle determined my death style. It's like Metallica sometimes just really. Kids. We're going to be completely honest with all you. We are closeted St. Anger fans. I don't give a shit. We covered the documentary for one of our Swim Meet series. We zone it every time we listen to St. Anger. Finally, in music news, Kelly Clarkson becomes the first ever American Idol. I voted for Kelly over Justin. I'm a big Kelly fan. And on to sports, a man who even from the great beyond has no fucking clue what Pluto Nash is. George, what up? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. Barry Bonds hits his career 600 home run wearing a size 10 and 3 fourths <laughs> hat. The next year, he hit his 700th home run, and his head was 20 inches big. I've never seen a guy who used steroids that much whose head grew that quickly. Yeah. You look at him when he was a pirate, stick thin. Mm-hmm. Stole a ton of bases. Stole a ton of bases. Probably could have ended up winning multiple MVPs yeah. being skinny. Would have been a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But I remember we were both caught up in the home run race in 98. Like, it saved baseball. I don't give a shit what people I, say. It I, did. I love it. I mean, if we're sending football players out to crash each other in the head with, with helmets yeah. and get CTE, let baseball players do steroids. As long as, as long as, put a fucking disclaimer up at the beginning yeah. of the game. Hey, before this game starts... Some of these athletes may be on performance-enhancing drugs. Please consult with your doctor yeah. before starting a regimen of performance-enhancing And let them do it. Yeah. It makes sports way more fun. Why the hell not? Because at this rate, baseball is almost near death now with these time clocks they're yep. doing and stuff like that. Horrible. And then finally, Rich Beam. Kevin, I don't know if you remember golfer Rich Beam. No. Beats Tiger Woods by one stroke to win the PGA Championship in Hazeltine. Never forget that. Rich Beam used to be one of those guys who would kind of wear like colorful type shirts and shorts like that to kind of set himself apart. Or watching that. That was a really good one. <laughs> Lunar. And Kevin, you know what? I can't even go anymore with this news because we need to talk about Pluto Nash because I need to know what the hell is going on with. <laughs> Back to you, Kevin. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to use the euphemism lunar for a number of things. Uh, we have to appropriate bad tagline for this one. It is the man on the moon, but it is the man on the moon. Why did they not just put fucking Frank Sinatra on the goddamn cover? Because they seem to rip him off and everybody else off. Lunar Frank. Lunar Frank. All right. Let's Apollo 11 this plot. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you picked Apollo 11. That's yeah, good. In the year 2080. Or like Apollo 13. There is, was it 11 went to the moon, right? 11 went to the moon. 13 didn't go to the moon, but this movie is a disaster. Oh. Houston, we have a problem. I gotcha. Hey! I said 11 because they went to the moon. Yeah, nice. But, uh, yeah, in the year 2080, there is a little America on the moon. Yes, the moon has been colonized. Our main character is an ex-convict retired smuggler. He would smuggle goods from Earth to the moon. Pluto Nash, Eddie Murphy, his character, does not come across like a criminal or any type of scummy piece of shit. Even Han Solo came across like a scummy, arrogant prick. prick. Yeah. Yeah. Not this guy. 
He's Axel Foley on the moon. Yeah, so as Jim said, it's it's Pluto Nash. That's a, yeah. that's our guy. Pluto, he buys a nightclub because it was a dream of his, but also he buys it from a friend named Anthony Frankowski to keep the mob from killing Anthony. See, Anthony owned the club. He wasn't paying for it. The mob was going to kill him, and Pluto was like, let me buy it. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Hey, Gino, listen, you know, I'm, oh, I'm not in the smuggling business anymore. You know, I'm getting ready to open my own club. No kidding. It's always been a lifelong dream of mine to have my own club. Hey, hey, hey. Dinner and dancing and nice atmosphere, you know. Get the place, hot music. Once I get the place up and going, I'm going to sit back, light up a cigar, and just enjoy the party. I mean, what could be better? Nothing could, nothing could be better. We could be partners. Hey, 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 you know what else? You know, you know what? What if I pay off his debt? And I take over this place. We call it square. Seven years later in 2087, Pluto has turned the club named Club Pluto. Original name. Great originality. Into a very popular place with the help of his best friend, an android named Bruno. A woman named Dina comes into the club looking for Pluto. She's the daughter of one of Pluto. I, I wrote it as the daughter of one of Pluto's friends from back on Earth, but I think it's Pluto's friend from prison. I think you know my father, Nicholas Lake. No, never heard of him. Nikki Sticks? Nikki Sticks, I know. That's your father? Unbelievable. That's something. Wow. Well, normally I don't call in favors, but my dad did save your life back in 76. Hey, wait a second. He didn't save my life in 76. I saved his life. And I lost a fine automobile in the process. So unless you got a, a brand new Plymouth out there with my name on it, I got nothing to say to you. Okay? So good night. Much like Steve Armstrong from Arena, she needs a ticket back to Earth. Pluto gives her a job as a server. He's to helping her out. There's an unseen character named Rex Crater who sends his goons because he wants to buy the club from Pluto. Ten million is more than a fair offer, Mr. Nash. I don't know. You see, I own the most successful club in Little America. I own it outright. I'm my own boss. Okay, and I have the hottest. I got the best party in town seven nights a week right here. Why do I want to sell this place? Um, Ten million bucks? Pluto won't sell, so they blow it up. They, they bomb his club. Pluto, Dina, and Bruno are able to escape. These three spend some time on the run investigating who Rex Crater is or who he's linked to, and this leads them infiltrating a casino hotel owned by Rex Crater on Moon Beach. When Pluto finally makes it to Rex Crater, the big reveal is that Rex Crater is a clone of Pluto Nash. They fight. Pluto throws Rex Crater through a window to his death. We've had that happen in a few movies, but none are better than David McCall and Fear. Our movie ends with a celebration held at the renovated club Pluto with Bruno, now the manager, the first robot manager. Hey, Bruno, you see my new bodyguard running around here? New bodyguard? Yeah, I bought a 78, fully loaded out the door. Shall I begin disassembling myself? Oh, no, don't do that. If you do that, how are you going to manage my club in 500 pieces? Manage? Well, no robot's ever been in management. You want the job, or don't you? Oh, boss. Oh, thank you, boss. Hey, oh, hey, hey. We're the best boss in the whole and Dina singing the worst song ever on stage. Hell of a bar. Hell of a bar. Hell of a bar. The incessant nature of this movie to have to loop in moon or lunar in it into everything. Every single thing. We live on planet Earth. To all you aliens out there who are listening to this podcast, thank you. Subscribe, like, comment. We don't say, hey, Kevin, I'm having an Earth beer. 
We're going down to Earth Lake. Yeah. This is the great Terran Palace. What the fuck? Why? We get it. It's on the moon. Okay. Yeah, but their money's Hillary's. That's right. They got Hillary's. They don't have space box or lunar nope. box. All right. Characters. Eddie Murphy as Pluto Nash. Murphy also portrays Rex Crater. Randy Quaid as Bruno. He's in a 63 deluxe model android. Rosario Dawson as Dina Lake. Jennifer Lopez, Halle Berry were the first choices. Barry declined because... <laughs> she the, saw the script. The shooting schedule interfered with her wedding which was that to billy bob oh god no, she didn't marry billy bob no because this wouldn't have been i'm sorry that's angelina jolie yeah. i'm sorry yeah, whatever but whoever she married she gets railed in monsters ball so yeah. it's okay by billy bob yeah, yeah so whoever she married at the time it interfered with the shooting schedule so she turned it down and dodged a bullet thank god jay moore as anthony frankowski who becomes tony francis Peter Boyle as Roland, oh. Louise Guzman as Felix Laranga, Jay Pants. I'm Jake Pants. <laughs> no, we're keeping that. I love Jay Pants. <laughs> Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano. Jay Pants. There might as well be a guy. Yeah, Jay why the Pants fuck not? James Rebhorn as Belcher. You know him from some stuff. Pam Greer as Flora Nash, the mother of Pluto. She doesn't need to be in this movie. No. It's really just like it's did a favor for Eddie. Yeah. John Cleese is James. Burt Young is Gino. He's a mobster. Hey, buddy. I mean, really, like, this is insane. And then you've got Alec Baldwin. He's Michael Marucci. Mike Marucci. He asked that his name was removed from this movie. He lobbied for and got <laughs> good on his him. name removed from this movie movie so jim which actor actress gives a passable performance does any non-lead character still scene? fuck i have no idea i i don't know if anybody steals any scenes in this movie because i don't know what the fuck peter boyle's weird balding glue hair because the guy is he's in his late 60s early 70s here he's been balding for 40 years yet somehow his hair looks glued on he just puts a bunch of gel in it. i something that's weird the albino guy who's lazy eye switches from eye to eye who apparently is blind but he's not blind but he has a voice you don't expect to have he's pretty badass his name is victor varnado he plays kelp that guy's fucking awesome and he's been in a couple things yeah. but he plays kelp yeah i think rosario dawson gives too good of a performance for this movie because she like <sighs> she she's tried. committed and she's good yeah and there's a couple like i think charming scenes between her and eddie murphy yeah like when you isolate like a 30 second clip you're like them the, playing off each other is pretty good this thing with eddie usurping control over this movie the whole time watching this i felt like this was supposed to be beverly hills cop in space or on the moon yeah kind of because he just comes across like axel foley the entire time yeah. eddie murphy is just being eddie okay let's uh let's move on to best scenes and they oh. shouldn't call it best because uh there's no they're not really the best but uh they're scenes jim you go ahead you give us your first Okay, so I had to have a chuckle with Pluto and Dina going to the reconstructive place. I call it the new you place. Yeah. Well, you know, honey, I'm looking and I'm thinking that you need to rethink the ass enhancement. It'll work, it'll help out, it'll bring out that little. What you want is to have a, you know? Well, she also needs a little more of this, too. Up top, can you fix this? If you could spruce these up a little. Just a little sprucier. I know that she has ample now, but I mean, 
talking titties galore. Let's have titties really flowing. The funny banter between two of them, Eddie's really hammy and she's going along with it. And the fact that their possible bodies look yeah, different. So they go to the, so I have this also. They go yeah. to this this place where basically they can surgically alter you to look however you want to look. A new you. But Eddie literally says he wants her to get her tits enhanced. And it's and just joking ass. because it's not real. But yeah. he's saying, I'm talking titties galore. Titties really flowing. Yeah. So basically, they're investigating who blew up the club. It's kind of like out of Total Recall. It's like something you'd see in Total Recall, but it's like holographic previews of what they'd look like. And the thing I appreciate about this scene is the fact that they thought through that in order to get this procedure, you would need a police permit. A police permit. <laughs> oh, I think you'll find that, um, I think you'll find our police permits are, are in order. <laughs> police permits. Yeah, sorry, no can do. Not without a police permit. It's body alteration 101. You could be fugitives, killers, oh, anybody. No, we're nothing like that. We're just a couple that's trying to put the spark back in our relationship. I mean, the idea of revealing such personal details to the police. Please, Dr. Zimmer, please. All right. <laughs> Which is smart. Because then if you had a warrant out for your arrest or something, you couldn't just go in this place, pay yeah. cash, and get a new face. I will say this movie, there's a lot of forward thinking. We get, like, iPads in this movie, flat screen TVs. They did drop the ball on AOL. Yeah. Okay, we all did. I mean, for the longest time, my <laughs> parents thought you needed to pay monthly for AOL to use the internet. And when I told them you didn't have to, they didn't believe me and kept sending in a check for $20 a month to use AOL internet. That's funny. So that actually parlays into my next scene, which is what's one of the things I always love, and it's movies that take place in the future and basically the type of technology that they predict. Yeah. So this movie doesn't really take any like big swings because like things like Hillary Clinton on the money, the club still has a DJ, which is a little like, this didn't feel like a futuristic movie to me at all. Not really. It didn't a pool table where the balls reset themselves. I mean, that's like all plausible technology. Yeah. I got a kick out of uh, Jay Moore when as Tony Francis, he says, give it up for the orchestra. Yeah. And it's just a guy with like a, with sound a four board. keyboard, a yeah. four note keyboard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome the master of musical disaster, Ted Jeffries and the Ted Jeffries Orchestra. Hit it, Maestro! My kind of town. They've got their own version of Siri or Alexa with voice commands. They've got every futuristic movie has video conferencing, yeah. like FaceTime. Every, like Total Recall has it. They all have it. But like one thing this movie took a wild swing on is trying to predict the type of dancing that would be <laughs> six years off. from now. Way off. So it wasn't even the dancing in O2. No, it's very weird. Way off. So my next one is the lunar fight scene, which transitions into the Fast and Furious 4 chase. Oh, there you go. Johnson, behind you! And it scares me because I hate to think the Fast and Furious took from Pluto Nash to do that scene. I'm, I'm willing to bet if you go back through chasing history that the concept of one in a cave, one hole, yeah. two cars, like it's almost like chicken yeah. from the same way. It's like not. It's crazy because it's near damn identical. That's what kind of throws me off. But the specific 
part of that lunar fight scene. It's the very beginning because they're so obviously on wires and they're trying to use the one fourth Earth gravity on the moon. I get it. But as the one bad guy henchman tries to skip over to Rosario Dawson, he fucking almost eats shit and they kept it on screen like he tripped over a barrel. They didn't even edit it out. He totally fucking biffed. And they kept it in. It's like, yeah, you fucked up, pal. But we already got a hundred million into this garbage. Great scene. I have Louise Guzman in the form of a Deus Ex Machina. What's going on? Where are we? It, it's okay. I just rescued you. My name is Felix Laranga. Felix, I'm Pluto, and that's Dina. Pluto? Yeah. Pluto Nash? Yeah. The Pluto Nash? Yeah. Get out of here, man! I'm your number one fan. You're the reason I got into the smuggling business. Honey, let me tell you something. This man right here, he is the Tito Puente, a real happy right here. Right here, right here. This is the guy. He and Luis Guzman and everything. So Pluto and Dina and Bruno, they're all basically immediately after the scene you just said, they're they're out of juice and oxygen in the middle of the dark side of the moon. So basically they're in spacesuits and running down oxygen. Bruno is, you know, out of juice, whatever. They're dead. Basically dead. And Felix Laranga happens to be driving through and not only rescues them, but also drives them to Moon Beach and gets Pluto's autograph and stuff. So as a what is it called? A real jumper? Yeah. So real jumpers that smuggle goods from Earth to the moon. Yeah. I would like a movie more about that process to see like, how are they getting these goods? How are they getting from Earth to the moon? To the moon? Is it a quick trip? Is in the do they have quick shuttles? Whatever. Apparently, at some point, they say you can take a bus back to Earth. Interesting. What kind of bus is that? How long does that take? So he's out on the dark side of the moon, just driving through. Happens to pick up Pluto Nash, who's his idol. It's just like all too convenient, but. He's really like, he's himself, but very over the top. Okay, so my last one. Somehow, Jay Moore is convinced from being an Italian guy who does <laughs> Scottish shit to being connived into becoming basically Frank Sinatra, singing Fly Me to the Moon. But then Rosario Dawson, you brought this up, has the audacity to say, What an amazing act. It's so different, so original. This is the most original thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Are you telling me in 2087, nobody knows who the fuck Frank Sinatra is? He literally did fly me to the moon on a Vegas stage. We're on another planet and it's not really. It's the moon. It's not even a planet. When did Sinatra die? Was it in the 90s? Yeah, I think he did. Late 90s. So like this was almost 100 years after Sinatra's death on a different planet. Maybe they did forget about him. I don't know. I'm like, man, Frank has staying power. But the fact that you're like, Jay Moore credit to him he sounds because i'm pretty sure that's him singing yeah i think so too and he sounds like frank he also sounds a lot like christopher walken and he does a great christopher (laughs) walken impression i was waiting for him to just break into christopher walken somehow in this movie christopher walken would have been fucking great in this movie oh yeah he would have been amazing oh he should have played uh bruno oh god that would have been great i will say jay moore's italian is way better than alec baldwin's italian Fucking Alec Baldwin's Italian. If I was legit Italian, I'd fucking yeah. call my uncle Frank yeah. and pay him a visit. Alec Baldwin's Italian is definitely crossed the threshold oh. of, of not even parody, but it's like <laughs> it's, offensive. It's very it's offensive. offensive to Italian people. Speak English, sweetheart. Will you and the other major organized crime figures on Earth? Oh, organized crime? I don't know nobody in organized crime. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Dollar. You want to ask me a question? Why don't you and me sit down somewhere, we'll open a bottle of wine, get to know each other a little better? You just have a new dress, a nice pair of shoes. 
be in my hotel around seven o'clock. All right. Well, the moment we've been waiting for, we're going to get no pools on the moon. No. Shocking. A, yeah. A mirror pool or something. Yeah. Some reflecting pool. But we're going to get out of the pool and we're going to have ourselves a pool check. Getting the Gabagool pool. Gabagool. And uh, also with you. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time we've had a chance to cover music videos. Couple seasons. We're going to be talking the best or most memorable music videos of 2002. Remember, we're mostly basing this off the videos themselves and yeah. not only the songs. Every time we cover music videos, I rely heavily on IMVDB or the Internet Music Video Database. I go through every single uh, music video released that year. I don't watch them all, but yeah. like if something stands out, like if I'm like, I don't know what that is or... Holy shit, that came out. Yes, exactly. I was looking for uh, Alan Jackson's that 9-11 song. Oh, Jesus. It wasn't called the 9-11 song. I would, I would hope not. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Teaching a class full of innocent children or driving down some cold interstate? I always confuse it with the South Park version, which is like, where were you when we the kids built that ladder? Yeah. But uh, I don't think it came out in two, 2002. So he must have released that thing like right off the heels of, of 9-12. Yeah, he must have had it out that week. 2002 seemed to be the year of multiple versions because oh I noticed that like a bunch of artists, not just like one, but like a bunch of artists would have two videos for the same song. And then like parentheses, it would be like red version, green version, European version, version one, version two. Certainly doesn't hold a camera to the difference between pumps and a bump one and two. Oh, big time. The last thing I'll say before we give our lists is how depressing this was because I remember so many of these videos like they were yesterday. Scary. And that was 21 years They're ago. 21 years ago. I'm sure you and I both have a uh, lot of sentimental value attached to oh these yeah. songs. Again, it's about the video though, not just the song. Yep. This was my senior year of high school and I'm sure we're going to talk about more than five each. But right now, let's begin with our top five. I'll go first. You went first on best scenes. Right. And I'll say my number five is Britney Spears, not a girl, not yet a woman. Such a great video. Britney, oh. she's, they shot this in Utah and Arizona out in nature. That's what they were going for. Britney out in nature. Gorgeous. The lowest low rise jeans ever. Just stellar. I remember watching that. I was two years out of a high A lot school. of helicopter shots. Oh. Just like flying around. She's flying sit, around her. Sitting on the edge of a cliff about to fall to her death. Scaring me to death. Yeah, it's terrifying. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Britney? her legs out over the cliff. But when they, when they would go into that close-up scene, you know, Britney in her own, you yeah. know, Britney has her own affect to her yes. voice. Not yeah. Oh my God. It just brought goosebumps to me, man. Yeah, those, I love Britney. Yeah. So my number five, speaking of Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River. That's my number three. Because damn, was this song great, but the video, the slow walk through the ultra modern home. So this is post sync. Oh yeah. Post Britney breakup. This is immediately after sync. We got the post, it's post Britney breakup. Yep. We got the JT solo experience with the Timbaland production. Oh. On Like I Love You, Yeah. we got the Pharrell production. So Justin Timberlake's solo career was off to like a great start. 
start because they got like the cream of the crop producers. You know what's amazing? Justified, his first album, great album. Oh, incredible. Then it goes to Future Sex Love Sounds, which is even yeah. better. He just was boom, boom, boom to yeah. the point where like now kind of Justin Timberlake's kind of like the family man. Like yeah. he did Man of the Woods and that's a weird album, but whatever. At the time, this was his ascendancy to be in the Michael Jackson of yeah. this generation. Yeah. But this song was a big fuck you. Well, this song was written Huge fuck literally you. after an argument he had with Britney. He yeah. was in the studio with Timbaland. He just got off the phone with Britney and he came in and he was really upset. And Timbaland was like, don't let it bother you. And he was like, she was my son. She was my earth. That's the first line of the song, like verbatim. That video too, like the slow roll and the girls, the blonde actress sitting on a couch. So Justin wanted to include Britney's name in the video. Like he wanted to write it on the wall or something. Class action lawsuit. Exactly. So they told him legally he couldn't. So when they shot the video in Malibu, like Jim said, with the heavy rain, they made as many subtle or not so subtle references they could to Britney. They made sure you knew this was about. I remember. See, this is so I would have been almost 21. I would have been 21 just about being just angry. It's like, how could you do this, Justin? It's Britney Spears. She's the hottest girl ever. How could you fucking you're not going to find anybody better. You son of you betrayed me. You know, you're everything I wanted to be. And you do this to cut off your ramen hair. You fuck. Uh, So before he uh, he left in sync. He recorded my number four, which is In Sync featuring Nelly, Girlfriend. It has to be the Nelly version. Well, the funny thing about the Nelly version is like, so this this is probably my my favorite In Sync song. It's just catchy. I like it. It's good. The video is not that great. That's why it's low. It's a generic like, video. It's generic. They're yeah. dancing on cars, macking on girls. But the version featuring Nelly, the only version in my opinion, has not one but two Nelly verses. Yeah. There's a ver- there's a verse at the beginning and a verse at the end. My gripe is that I'm pretty sure I could be mistaken because I, I just kind of skimmed through this one because I remembered it pretty well. I'm pretty sure the thing that bothered me in this video is that when Nelly's on screen, when Justin's on screen, and when JC Chazé's on screen, they're all hitting on the same girl. They only oh. hired like one actress. Sandwich. Rather than like, it's just like they could have had different girls for each yeah. of their verses, but no. You know what? This version knows way better than the original because the original memory serves. I heard this version before I heard the original and you hear the original you're like it's missing something they yeah. were smart thinking hey this is the last in sync album and it was the pop album pop. smart way to go out I heard it pop. smart way to go out so my number four in this period jaw rule and ashanti were yeah. inseparable because without one you're not going to have a hit here's the one that i preferred more mesmerize you know what a fucking great song the video takes place at a carnival so it's basically a date night at the carnival and for the longest time it comes across like Ja Rule and Ashanti were dating yeah. in real life. Yes, they did everything together. They did everything together. It was like the, the fucking perfect couple from high school. I wonder too, like maybe it was just me and my own brain. I would compare sometimes Ashanti to Aaliyah. Yeah. And I think Aaliyah, did Aaliyah pass in 02? She released a video in 02. But yeah, I are you that somebody? Was, was yeah, that in 02? I think it was I might O2. have put that on my list if, that, if I knew that. But I would always put those two together. But when it came to Ja Rule, 
Gruel and Ashanti, it was like fucking peanut butter and jelly, man. Every time they did a song, it's going to at least three or four on TRL she every betrayed week. Betrayed Ja Rule and did that song with Fat Joe. Motherfucker. Aaliyah died in August of 01. Oh, one. Okay, she already passed that. Okay. September 11th. Yeah. In a plane accident, unfortunately. Christ. I did my number three because it was Cry Me a River. So, Jim, give us your number three. Spoke of them earlier. Nickelback, this is how you remind me. Really? Basic music video. I mean, we're introducing the band, so we're not going to do a lot here. But I remember seeing this, you know, brand new today on TRL. We got a debut at number nine. Here's Chad Kroger and Nickelback with This Is How You Remind Me. I remember it a lot on uh, CD 106. Oh, my God, dude. This was two to three times every hour. It went number one. These Canadian guys, let me tell you, man, fucking as a 41-year-old adult, I fucking love this song again. I've gone full circle. The video, you're like, this is when Chad Kroger, this is before long hair ramen Chad Kroger. This is short hair Chad, the Chad I prefer. And Chad even knew when Chad got older, I need to go back to short Chad. And he went full Chad again. Full Chad. My number two, tons of play on TRL, Jimmy World the Middle. Oh my God, yes! This constantly was on TV. Uh, A dude goes to a party fully clothed to find that everyone at the party's in their underwear and he's going to join in. He's going to take off his clothes until he sees a girl with her clothes on also. And like, I remember when this video came out and so a lot of people were like, it's about peer pressure. It's about like doing your own thing and like peer pressure. And then some people, like a lot of people were like, it's about abstinence. A lot of people said it was about abstinence and like why it's the right choice to be abstinent. And, uh, but really what the song's about is Jimmy World, their previous album only sold like, I think 20,000 copies. Didn't do much. And they got kicked off the record label. And rather than doing something radical and go in the opposite direction, they're like, we're just going to make a really solid, basic album. Go back to our roots. Fucking great album, man. And this song and this song is about that. Literally, if you listen to the lyrics, it's like, it's basically about learning from your past mistakes yeah. and all of that. It's like, so great song, great video. Kind of launched Jimmy Eat World to a new audience. They had a couple, they had Sweetness. They had a couple other singles. Yeah. And, uh, Bleed about, American. Bleed American was a big album. About a month ago, I brought this up to you because I saw an interview. Somebody asked, who would you want to do the Super Bowl? halftime show. Yeah, I saw that. And they were like, Jimmy Eat World. And they said, yeah, we could be on the Super Bowl halftime show. We can only play the fucking middle for 30 minutes straight because that's all that anybody would know. <laughs> I'd be all for it, man. I mean, <laughs> sweet as hell. Jimmy... For 32 minutes, it's just them playing the middle. Here's an idea. Hell yeah. What if we did, and, and I'm I'm not calling Jimmy We're all to one-hit wonder because they had a bunch of songs. Oh, they did, yeah. But what if they just had a bunch of like really solid one-hit wonders just all on different stages and just cut to that stage? That'd be awesome. And just give you 30 minutes of like fucking bangers. And if some of them had two or three songs, yeah. like literally have 10 bands. Why do people shit on bands who are one-hit wonders? They're more fucking hits than you ever yeah. did pal i what if they were just like what if they just did 90s halftime show dude i fucking dig it and just have like have boys to men have chumble one not maybe not chumble one but you know what i mean like <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> chumble one is still uh, around i doubt it weren't they together for like 25 years before what they say when yeah I fall back down get up again they were gonna keep me down yep. and speaking of something it never kept me down it kept me up all night. Number two, tattoo. All the things she oh, said. Oh, yeah. I got some notes for Jesus this Jesus Christ. I remember watching this video and going, those those girls just kiss on MTV? Did that just happen? Back in the day, kids, if two girls would kiss on TV, it was the 
earth oh, yeah. shattering. It was, now it's just like, yeah, whatever. There were a lot of calls to MTV. Yeah. People were outraged. And the whole angle, it was just implied yeah. that they were teen lesbians. But as it turned out, it was just to sell records. Sell bullshit. Russians, I remember, it. was it the FHM or Maxim cover that had them Maxim. on? Maxim. asses were out. It God. Was like, oh, man. So the aftermath is interesting with Tattoo because now the ginger one, Katina, yeah. she supports... LBGTQ. Hell yeah. She speaks at, like in favor of their causes. The brunette Volkova has gone what we'd call right, far right politically. So she's a Z in Russia. Yeah. She's a Z. Yes. There you go. And she's made a number of like very offensive homophobic statements. But this is what's bizarre. Despite identifying as bisexual, her stance is that it's totally fine and normal for girls to be bisexual, but a man being gay is the most offensive worst possible thing that you can be so they had a little bit of a feud the members of tattoo jesus christ whatever my number one number one it's hard to explain by the strokes yeah so it's it's probably the best strokes song but also for that time what an amazing video so rather than doing just like a narrative video like jimmy world or something it's just like a hundred clips it's clips and clips it's cars video games airplanes boats like helicopter like just shit taken off landing gear it's just images like almost one after the other and then for about a minute and a half a minute and a half later they cut to the band performing in the studio and you know the strokes did that whole they were lumped in kind of with that 60s mod revival type of band i mean even their logo looked like a 60s mod revival it's funny because they really weren't i mean they were but they weren't but then um after like a little bit of them performing it's back to the like abstract imagery random clips of things so the video like the song is hard to explain yeah in my number one chad kroger chosey scott hero from spider-man <laughs> i knew it i knew you were gonna pick it fucking great song better than any spider-man movie i'm sorry what movie was this for this from the first one spider-man Which, one spider-man one was i will stand corrected mcguire so, yep toby mcguire spider-man one was great two was god awful three was pure garbage um this song was so fucking good the video to it just showing the perfect amount of movie clips sometimes you know your feature songs on a movie soundtrack will show way too much and by then at that point people have already seen spider-man enough to know okay i get it but the song is perfectly balanced josie scott looks like josie Josie scott's the singer of saliva saliva and josie scott a weird dude but this is ramen now we're in a ramen hair chad kroger fucking great song this song still bangs Uh, it's funny because this song is better than anything either of them did with their bands totally agree this is the best thing that either of them were ever involved so good it's really well done i also am a sucker for and i why am i admitting this out loud but i'm also a sucker for i don't like seether i don't like evanescence no but broken from the punisher soundtrack i almost put this on here great song what's that from o2 no punisher came out in oh okay so yeah oh four awesome what a great song that is and like i'm almost like i said like i'm not too cool to like things but no. like chad kroger joey scott awesome song for spider-man seether or <laughs> the guy from seether you don't like Amy click Lee. click boom I don't, i'm sorry you don't like uh 
Wake Me Up Inside. Yeah. A lot of boom reference. Here comes the boom. That's yeah, a different band. Ton. P.O.D. That's P.O.D. They had a Youth of a Nation in 2002. Pod. All right. Well, let's uh, get into some other notable videos from 2002. Oh, I got one for you, Kevin. Right, go ahead. Here's a bad one. It's the worst song ever from a Bond movie. It's Madonna, Die Another Day. There you go. You don't need auto-tuning in a fucking Bond song. Sorry. I have Lost Ketchup, the ketchup song. I don't remember that at so all. So I don't... I, you'll have... All right. Just add a little snippet. I don't know Spanish. I don't know how to pronounce it. So to be a dick, purposely, the most American way I can pronounce it is Asser J. <laughs> But <laughs> wait a minute. How do you spell Asser? A-S-S-E-R-J-E. I think that might be Asser Hey. Asser Hey. Asser J. Yeah, Asser J. Asser J. But it's one of those things where like nothing about it is good. Nothing about it is likable. I can't stop watching what I'll be kind and say very average girls who are bartenders on some paradise island like cocktail. And they're doing like a lazy hand jive dance. I thought you were going to say lazy hand jive. They're doing lazy hand jobs in the video that's why i can't look away <laughs> but like some of the chorus is rapper's delight oh i remember this now okay you know as a bookie i don't know what the no, words i are. know as a bookie as or jay yeah i don't know what the words are you know the song so that one i remember seeing it like late night on mtv and just be like i can't stop looking at this <laughs> A band that was very huge in 2002, and I think this was their first song. Video, very like mundane, just them performing under an underpass. The Calling, Wherever You Will Go. Oh, God. What a, a big song. For that seemed to be like every teen drama on Fox. Yeah, was that's using what that it's song. perfect for. I oh, like, yeah. Some of those bands just wrote those songs to be on like the OC and oh, stuff. Yeah. Nelly Air Force Ones. Yeah. Of course, the, the famous lyric in that one, where you getting them colors, are you dying them? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Wasn't it also him and Kelly Rowland doing Dilemma this year, too, yeah, I think? that yeah. was. Nelly, I love you. Nelly did some weird shit. Hot, remember hot, remember he, when he did with Tim McGraw? Yeah. Over weird. and over again from yeah. Sweatsuit. God, so weird. Um, hot, Hot Heat. Oh, yeah. Bandages. Like one of the, another earworm. Weird video. The video almost reminds me of like Black Old Sun in a way. Like these like old women show up and they got these giant smiles on their faces. Dude, one of these nights when... We're going to have to do a Twitch stream and we just start watching me. We go down the fucking yeah. rabbit hole of music videos because some of these are so good. Yeah. They're starting to pop into my head again. Grinding by Clips. Oh, fucking that song is awesome. Most of the world's introduction to No Malice and Pusha T. Mm-hmm. More importantly, King Push, yep. Pusha T. Pound for pound, one of the greatest rappers ever. But this has the unmistakable Neptune's Pharrell beat. Oh, it's so good. Nothing real great about the video. No. But it's just like song is so when good. you see this, it's crazy. Newfound Glory had on Collision. Great song. Newfound Glory performing. People are kind of like walking by and like watching through a peephole. But all these like little accidents keep happening. They like step through a board on the stage that hits the dude in the face and it swells up. One dude gets his like foot wrapped in a cable and gets pulled up. That Newfound Glory album was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I don't know. Lately, I'm like... A little soured on Newfoundland. This happened like two years ago, but like Haley Williams, it's like still suffering trauma because Chad from Newfoundland cheated really? on her when uh, they were married. I never knew they were married. Yeah, they were married. And then, um, yes, yeah, she still is like struggling a little bit with love Paramore. Yeah, great band. Lifestyles are rich and famous by Good Charlotte. Yeah, I don't give a shit what anybody says. 
You were a fucking good Charlotte fan. I was. Don't deny it. I never liked them. But you I fucking had the album. I didn't. I never did. Liar. Uh, but I saw. So we were at Warped Tour in Cleveland. And I remember the funniest thing was after the song came out, Good Charlotte were headlining Warped Tour. Sounds and about I right. I remember a, not just one, but like a bunch of people who had signs and like were picketing because they were like, they literally had signs that like, you've all got mansions. Maybe we should burn them or whatever the yeah. lyric is. And it's like, wait a minute, you're mad at a band for becoming famous. Yeah. Like, I think their general gripe was like that they were on TRL and stuff. It's like, it's always that thing when people get called a sellout for becoming successful. It's like, what the fuck do you want from me, man? You still bought my album, didn't you, dipshit? Pool sceners, when we blow up and get picked up by a podcast network, don't yeah. be mad at us and call us sellouts. Yeah, really. A bunch of Creed videos this year. Fucking love it. Creed videos are always like... One of my biggest regrets around this time, a group of my buddies went up to the Creed concert. I can't remember specifically if I could make it or I said no. I didn't go. Oh. I wish I would have fucking went now. So, I don't give a shit what anybody <laughs> says. I loved Creed. So there were all of their videos in my opinion and I don't remember them that much had like yellow or sepia tone. God imagery. God That's imagery. What it was. And like I feel like the wind was always blowing. Scott Stapp was Jesus Christ. It was just them standing up against the uh, Stapp infection. Stapp infection. Kid Rock, Cheryl Crow picture. Oh, fuck. Uh, Kid Rock. Pitiful by Blindside, which we know from, oh, Grind. from Grind. Great video, but nothing which much to it. Which is no longer our worst movie we've ever covered. No. Dashboard Confessional, Screaming Infidelity. Very underrated this band. introduced so many people yeah. to like emo and that sort of genre, but I remember, I don't remember what they were called, but were there not either like, it was like MTV2 indie awards or it was there was some sort of like yeah award show yeah that wasn't for we're gonna have to look that up but it wasn't yeah, we'll for research. the like it wasn't mtv music awards it was like something else that was an award show by mtv but i remember dashboard confessional winning like video of the year on that award show it was called i want to say it was called like the woodies or something i don't remember andrew wk she is beautiful i didn't watch this video maybe we'll have to watch it onyx slam harder they did so so they revisited Slam. Scarface somebody. The used, the taste of ink. Awesome. God damn, I remember that. Tenacious. Bert always looked like he smelled like piss. Yeah, his hair looked like it hadn't been washed. In Pretty year. bad. Tenacious D tribute. What a great video. So you've admitted to liking Chad Kroger, Josie Scott, Nickelback, Creed. Yes. Voodoo by Godsmack. I was a fucking big Godsmack. Listen, Voodoo was also the theme song to MTV's Fear. Yeah. So we've talked about it in the past. MTV's Fear was a great fucking show. I'm not the one who's so far away. I saw that them. sounds a lot like him. Did I sound like Sully Erna? Su Sully Erna? Sully Erna. They headlined X-Fest in 03 because I remember going there. They were fucking awesome. I don't give a shit at the time. Thank uh, God. So every man. once in a while, this is devolving into like who gives a shit this is so, better than pluto nash fuck so, that guy uh every once in a while they'll have this uh i don't even is it rocket the range yes it is it is the yes. one that's in columbus at the old crew stadium every band but every band ever is on it's like tool metallica saliva like, yes yeah, so it's like they're all and i'm like i kind of want to go to that is that rock on the range for our generation is like going to motley crew and poison yeah for, for the like, generation before us before so, us yeah. yes so so in 2002, Avril Lavigne had Skater Boy and Complicated. I liked Skater Boy better. I'd say Complicated's the better video because it's them hanging around the mall and screwing around.
around. Which one came first? Was it Skater Boy? I think Complicated was first, then Skater Boy. All right. Christina Aguilera, Dirty? Really agitated the, me. It agitated you. Why? I hated it because I liked the girl next door from Genie in the Bottle, Christina. I didn't know what this thing was. I was going to say, was. this was the birth of X-Tina. Yeah, and I didn't I like it. I think they were trying to distance her from Britney. Nope. Who was still squeaky clean. It didn't work. Pop. I don't think it worked. I, it didn't last long. No. I don't think. And then the final one I'll say, I, I could do this all day, but the final one I'll say, You Know You're Right by Nirvana. So the song- Is this vid- the Courtney Love issue one? Yeah. The song and video were released eight years after Kurt Cobain's death. It was held up because of legal battles between Cobain's wife, Courtney Love of Hole, and the remaining members of Nirvana, Dave Grohl and Kurt Novoselic. Chris Novoselic. Yeah. Uh, Kurt. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, Chris Novoselic. An interesting footnote is that it was one of the first notable internet leaks. So speaking oh. of Napster, it's it's known because it's funny. It leaked on the internet and radio stations were playing the shit out of it before it was officially yeah. released. So it was like a big controversy because back then there weren't really laws in place. No. So it's a new thing. The radio could have played anything they wanted, you know, realistically. So that one's interesting. The, the video obviously is just montage of footage. Yeah. But pretty interesting that they released a video eight years after the death of Kurt Cobain. So, well, as fun as that was, it is time to get back in that robot pool. When I feel the snake bite into my vein. <laughs> beautiful uh (laughs) it helps that i'm congested critical question what do you think happened to eddie murphy because i will argue in real life i'd argue that i'd defend everything of his up until 1999 so starting in the early 80s through 1999 when did he start doing the nutty professor nutty professor was in the 90s i think it was about 96 or so but starting in 2000 i think most of what he's done since then has been bad i think in my opinion i think he started chasing the bag too much so like he did after 2000 he did like daddy daycare showtime norbit the sequel to the yeah. nutty professor i think he just got away from like i'm not mad at him for it but i, I just think that that's probably what it is that he just started why didn't eddie explore more because remember when he did boomerang yeah, it's bo- different. Boomerang is a movie, and we should cover it. Yeah, um, but Boomerang is a movie that really should have more respect on it because, it like, it was like you know. For being marketing to a, a black audience, yeah. it was a different type of movie. You I fucking I mean? love it. It's an awesome movie. Soundtrack's amazing. Soundtrack's awesome. So, all right, let's quickly go through Eddie Murphy's filmography. Starting in 82. So, 48 Hours, Trading Places, Best Defense. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's the one with Dudley Moore. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. I do know that. Beverly Hills Cop, Golden Child, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Eddie Murphy Raw Stand-Up Special, Coming to America, Harlem Nights, Another 48 Hours, Boomerang, the Distinguished Gentleman, I don't remember. I saw it once. It ain't great. Beverly Hills Cop 3 is not great, so the back-to-back kind Covered of that. Uh, fails. Vampire in Brooklyn, yeah. not great. So he had three straight back-to-back that weren't yeah. good, but at least he's still trying. He's got the there. name recognition. He's trying. Nutty Professor 96, absolute juggernaut. Huge. Huge movie. 97, Metro. Uh, I'm not going to include voice roles, but he did move yeah. on. Dr. Doolittle, no. Uh, so Metro, Dr. Doolittle. Holy Man, also in 98. So maybe it stops at 96. 
Netflix. Yeah. Because we go Metro, Mulan, Dr. Doolittle, Holy Man, Life. Life's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's, it's not, not bad. bad. Bowfinger. Different. Nutty Professor 2. I give him credit with Bowfinger, though. It's yeah. a different movie. Yeah. Nutty Professor 2, and then we get all the Shrek movies in there, but Dr. Doolittle 2, Showtime, Adventures of Pluto Nash, I Spy, Daddy Daycare, Disney Haunted Mansion, Ugh. Dream Girls, which maybe Oscar Did nominated. Did he get some for that? Yeah. Norbit, Meet Dave, Ugh. Imagine That. I wish it was Meet Ted. Tower Heist. A thousand words. I mean, he just. It's almost it. he went down to Bruce Willis' path yeah. at that point. Unf- Sorry, uh, Bruce. In 2019, he did Dolomite Is My Name, a fucking awesome movie. So good about Rudy Ray Moore. And then in 2020, Kevin, he did Coming to America. Terrible. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. What's up? Hey, Eddie, I want to be Pluto Nash. Hey, I'll fucking stab you on the moon. Hey, keep it simple, stupid, okay? So my biggest logic thing with this, and, and follow me here, I'm going to go on a, a rant a little bit. The thing I can't look past. So if this were real, so let's put ourselves, if this were real, All right. 60 or so years from now, I don't. they actually don't talk about when the moon was colonized. Yeah. We just, in 2080, everything's already built. It's done. So I don't know when it was colonized. Fuck the earth. Fuck the earth. Fuck the moon. Moon In real life, if they were going to colonize the moon or Mars, whichever planet, would it not take an absolute tremendous amount of money to do so? Oh, we're talking trillions. Trillions. So this little America colony, it doesn't look all that big. It looks pretty small. The moon's a big fucking place. You think they could spread out a bit. Which that would make each piece of property on little America literally, literally the most premium real estate in the universe. I mean, the absolute most premium real estate in the universe. If they did this now, those pieces of real estate would only be held by a few of the richest people on earth. The elite. Or the richest richest corporations on earth. So then how and why does the mob allow Anthony Frankowski to not only get a loan for a club, but allow him to run his club the way he does? So Tony Francis's club before Pluto buys it is just like begging for a visit from John Taffer. Yeah. It's got a kitchen with unwashed dishes, sewage coming out of the sink, food everywhere. Whew. Hey, where am I supposed to piss in the kitchen? No, it's off to the right. Oh, oh. The mob would kill Anthony and sell the property for endless riches, presumably. It makes no sense that some random failure is able to secure a piece of property there. Like, why? I mean, on Earth now, in Youngstown, which is one of the cheapest places in the entire country, if not the cheapest. We all know about Earth Youngstown. Earth Youngstown. It's difficult enough to get your name on ownership of something. Well, did you hear... I found this out yesterday. Youngstown State is selling themselves short. They are literally building a like a tennis like facility, yeah. only charging though one million dollars, not for a year naming rights, not for five years lifetime, only one million. That's crazy. And then I found out about all these special packages for the basketball team because they won the division yeah. for the first time ever. Yeah. You could have your name on the scoreboard, hotel packages, free parking, twenty seats for your family, friends and family, two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, they're selling themselves short in Youngstown. No no one goes and watches basketball. No. I remember going a couple times when I was at YSU and no one goes to Beagley to watch those games. Not at all. But go Gwins. I mean, yeah. win the uh, Horizon Tournament and go to the NCAA Tournament. Heck yeah. So I just, I don't understand how Anthony Frankowski was able to secure this loan. The mob would be running this place. Oh, big time. I- illegal gambling, because as we learned, gambling is not legal on in Little America. So I think they'd be doing some sort of like racket, like our boy... Uh, 
whatever his name is from the the mom, the old. Oh, oh, uh, Mark Batcho. There you go. Be like Mark Batcho on the moon. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> and go figure. Jay Moore's character turns into Frank Sinatra, who has always been linked to the mob. There you go. There and, we go. And to piggyback on that. So Anthony never made any payments, zero payments Nothing. on the club in four years. Why did it take the mob four years to come in and try and pour battery acid down his throat? Yeah. What the fuck? Or bring in Mark Batcho with a brick. <laughs> So my first one, why they never brought this up? Was Pluto born on the moon? Was he born on Earth? We don't know any backstory for well, Pluto. Nash. There you go. That is that is a, a big problem with this movie, right? Yep. Because I'm not related to anything. Here. We I just don't care. start on the moon and just get little little nuggets throughout. Well, we start in 2080, then we jump automatically yeah, seven years, which, and here we are. Yeah, weird. But they could have. So please tell us when was the moon colonized? Exactly. I like backstory. I need to know shit. When History. was the moon colonized? Pluto and Dina on. So he has this dark side of the moon hideout yeah. where he used to real jump. And in their conversations, he could have been like, when I was a little boy, yeah. Rowan used to, uh, Rowan used to like, you know, he took me in because yeah. my mom was in jail or my dad wasn't there. We and then Bruno was always there for me as a yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't get any, like all we know is that Pluto did time. But we don't know if he did a year, 20 years. I'm thinking he did it in like a fucking, like a little small prison because he does not come off like a criminal at all. Did Was he in jail on the moon? We know or was nothing. he on jail on Earth? Lunar Max. Like, yeah. Is he on Lunar Max prison? What the fuck is happening? I have to put the lunar restraints on you, Pluto. L yeah. Lunar prisoner, 4263. But even during a serious scene, though, there would be music playing in the background oh, because yeah. I think every scene except for one with glue hair Peter Boyle <laughs> that they've had to play music a little too loud during every scene. And it's not just music that fits the scene. It's music that has no spot in the scene that they're showing on the screen. It's like, here's IMX with this piece of shit song trying to be like B2K. Yeah. Thanks mom. This, this movie takes an unnecessary shot at Salt Lake City. What the fuck the SLC do to you? Okay? Dina, Dina's from there. So that's where she's trying to get back to. Yeah. She ended up getting a one-way ticket to the moon to be a singer, but then the club changed ownership and now she's stuck here. She needs a ticket back. But when she's like, I'm just trying to get back to Salt Lake City, it like stops Pluto in his tracks. And he's like, I just came all the way up here from Salt Lake City. Rough town. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, what? Yeah, because like, when I think of crime, Salt, yeah, what did maybe that's the joke? Like, yeah. what did Salt Lake City do? Maybe it's an inside joke. Why does Bruno know the guy at the the motel desk? Hey, Roy. Pluto, what are you doing here? Listen, Roy, um, my place is getting redecorated, and I need a place overnight. Sure. Three uh, D. The code is at four five seven. Thanks, Roy. We don't know. So they don't tell us anything in this fucking movie. There's a lot of suspicious. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Not Bruno. Why does Pluto? Pluto and Bruno. Who it is. Why does Pluto know? Because Pluto has like a lot of suspicious behavior. So like he has a motel guy. Yeah. Why do you have a motel guy? He, he fucked that robot, right? Oh, he, yeah. He is a robot yeah. made. Hope he cleaned it up. Who I think is in a relationship with Bruno, but Pluto. She keeps dropping the fucking duster to yeah, show her she's ass. she's on oops mode. Yeah. Very interesting help you have around here. Oh, that's just an old program I forgot to delete. 
Left it on. Oops. She drops. There's the an actual mode to show her dumper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it. Dina saying Tony Francis is such an original act when he's literally just Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Pluto was cloned when he had his appendix removed while in prison. It was part of a scheme when gambling was outlawed on Earth. Again, <laughs> why? no backstory. Nope. What year? Why? Nope. Why did gambling get outlawed on yeah. Earth? Is that why Moon Beach exists? I mean, right there. That writes itself. Yeah. Okay. So they outlaw gambling on Earth as a ploy to get people to go to the moon for tourism. There we if go. Moon Beach is the only place where you can gamble. People on Earth have to go to Moon and Beach. And that's a fucking 30 second line. Yes. In a hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. They could just say, oh, they outlawed gambling on Earth. Yeah. So that people would, so tourists would come to Moon Beach. Does Rex Crater wear rented tuxedos from his own hotel? Exactly. Because when you brought this up, perfect. Pluto. Okay. So Pluto goes to the hotel, but he can't tell him he's Pluto Nash because they're looking for him. So he wants tickets to Tony Francis. They give them to him and they say, sir, Tony Francis is a black tie event. Yeah. And he says, uh, the concierge has tuxedo rental. He goes, okay, great. He rents a tuxedo. Dina rents a dress. They go see Tony Fits Francis. Fits him perfectly, Fits by him the way, for a rental. Looks great. They wear whatever. So then when we're introduced in the reveal to Rex Crater, Rex turns around. He's wearing an identical tuxedo to Pluto. Yep. Why? Is he like, listen, this is how I like to look. Everyone who rents a tuxedo needs to look like me. And you know what, though? In the real life aspect of that scene, I'm thinking it's the cheapest, easiest way to film it to confuse yes. everybody. Well, it has to. It's the dumbest hack way. I mean, way. they could have still explained it, though. They could have still been like, sir. Yeah. Pluto rented a tuxedo. You, yeah. And then he went and got the same tuxedo purposely so that they were identical. Here's one thing I don't get to. So John Cleese, God bless him. Somehow he decided to do this movie and he probably recorded his lines in 20 minutes in his flat in London. Since he is the basically kit of the car that they steal. Why don't I didn't even put two and two together. Why doesn't he just disable the vehicle? So he can't, so they can't steal it. They hold him he, at gunpoint, they, a virtual video of him at gunpoint. They removed the thing to keep him from. Oh, they did. Yeah. Sorry. I glazed over that. Yeah, then They removed because he's like, I'm going to call the police. And they were like, we removed your relay switch or whatever. But I'm thinking that was for him to call the police. They were, I'm like, Maybe. so he can't just disable it or just say, I can't move. I don't so were they going to shoot the dash? And he was going to shoot the dash and then you can't drive the car. It's like Michael getting pissed. The kid, he's going to shoot the voice thing. If you shot, yeah. If you if sh- he's still going to fucking move. If you shot the dashboard in my car, you couldn't drive it. So Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. Who says supper? Oh. In what year, pool sceners, do you think the term, we have to stop playing, I have to get home from supper. I'm going to say. I have ever used supper. I've never used it. I want to say it died in the late 60s. I would say that term, maybe 1860s at this rate. What the fuck does it mean? Yeah. What's a supper? I feel feel like I'm high. I'm like, yeah, what is, what the supper? Why do you not just say dinner? Dinner. Who says supper? Supper. Now, pool seniors, if you do say it, we're not. This is no let offense. Us Go to pool scene on, on uh, yeah. Facebook and let us know. Do you say supper? Yeah. Educate us. You can put up a poll. Yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. The funny thing about that, though, is the use of the term supper in this movie is that Tony Francis tells Pluto, he goes, that elevator only goes up in the morning and when they bring Rex his late supper. So the indication is he has an early supper and a late supper. Yeah. It'd be awesome if when Rex turns around, he's the clone, but he's fucking 
350 pounds. I would love it. If he was he was Nutty Professor. So, so you couldn't confuse him. He's like, I'm you. Don't you recognize me? It's like, no, I don't. You're 350. Hey, Sherman. In the end, this movie is literally about, hey, we want to have the greatest club too. We're just going to steal yours. No, you're not. End scene. Yeah, pretty much. That's the fuck. Hundred million dollars. Cause I want to fucking. Is this a Saved by the Bell episode? Yeah, that is a, a perfect. What perfect the play. fuck? It's a perfect logic issue to end on. That this entire movie is literally like, we want to buy your club, and you're not willing to sell it. That's the yeah, like cake or death. Uh, I'm cake gonna, place. I'm gonna use the insurance money. Yeah. To uh, sir, we're running out of cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the legacy of this movie? It's the one of the biggest financial bombs of all time. Yeah. That's pretty much it. There's no other legacy. It lost $93 million. And I like it. Yeah, and you love and it. I like it. All right, stick around for some plugs. Hey, I'm TJ. Hey, you, over there. Get ready to dive into the deep end on the Pool Scene Podcast, baby. Hey, guys, I'm Dana, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob Leonard one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Angela, your lifeguard, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. This is your lifeguard, Matt. Whether you're just dipping those toes or diving into the deep end with us, thanks for listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Scott Kuntz, uh, a.k.a. Tunza, and you are listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Shane Herman with the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. You're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Mag CH, and when I'm not lurking outside of Jim's windows, you can find me listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. This is internet sensation Matt Liller, here with the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Justin from Dead Ink Apparel, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hello, Pool Sceners. This is one of your lifeguards, the American Zennial, Mike Kalenich. You are listening to the greatest podcast in town, the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Josh, one of your lifeguards. You obviously have great taste in podcasting and love to be entertained from start to finish because you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show. And don't forget, as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate and follow Apple, Spotify and Podbean. You leave us a five star review and we read it on the air. We'll send you out a bit of a prize. Also, don't forget, Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. If you guys are unsure how to get there, we have a one-stop shop now, and it's called Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Pool Scene Podcast. If you guys would like to contribute to the show in any way, help for future content, maybe even put it towards a cup of coffee for us, there is a link at the top of the Linktree that will send you to basically a tip jar. We love you guys, and thank you once again. And now, back to Kevin. Hey, Final Lap Guy, you used to be a real jumper, didn't you? Yeah! The Final Lap! Jim, what uh, what do you got going on? So as we are wrapping up WTF season 11, want to give a shout out to a brand new pool scener. Our brother, Seth, made us a TikTok video. He's a huge fan. I've known Seth for a very long time. We go back a long time, but Seth joined the Navy 
very long time ago. He's a kick-ass master chief now. He just got promoted. Does sub stuff. Really cool dude. So he's always been listening to podcasts, but he's been picking and choosing. And we've reconnected. He's gone back all the way to episode one. And so he's been texting me, hey, I'm up to this episode now. So he's going all the way through. I believe this is going to be episode 139. So we're almost at 150. Maybe we'll do something special for 150. But there are so many benefits becoming a pool senior, everybody. All you got to do is go on Facebook, join the pool seniors group get exclusive stuff leave us a review you get prizes who doesn't like that shit we talk about fun stuff come on thank you seth we love you thank you for doing all this stuff thank you for telling your buddies about us too it helps us out a lot thank you absolutely thank you seth so speaking of prizes or awards rather everything everywhere all at once swept the sag awards hell yeah but there's a controversy because of course mark Wahlberg presented the award that's right for ensemble cast the reason for the controversy is that the cast of everything everywhere all at once is primarily 90 percent asian yep as we've discussed on this podcast before on the fear episode mark Wahlberg has committed he committed two hate crimes yeah one against black people and one against asian people but for the one he committed against asian men he served 45 days of a two-year prison sentence so everybody was like even if there was a chance everything everywhere all at once was gonna win yeah is it appropriate to have mark well it's just i don't bad think, taste I, yeah there. i don't think anybody really no. vetted it or thought about it but it was very weird yeah very weird to have this is a, a marky mark podcast yeah so yeah i mean it's, it's full disclosure movies pop culture and mark Wahlberg. yeah we talk about him a lot yeah but, we do because fear is probably our greatest episode yeah but it was very strange and, and it was something like i love that movie so much i, I watched, still need to I watch it. it the other day for the third time and I'm still like, how did they write this movie? How did someone edit this movie? How did they do it? It's so impressive. But ultimately, I'm like, it deserves all the praise it gets. Nothing should like rain on its parade. And it, it's sad that no one had the the foresight to be like, maybe Marky Mark shouldn't. Now, did any of like the actors and stuff like that, like Michelle Yeoh, James Hong, any of them, do they know the backstory of Marky Mark? And I that? don't know. I or don't... is this somebody in retrospect I... going, yeah, you shouldn't have. I don't know. And and I think all of them are, are smart enough to just leave it alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, let's, it's, it's happened. We know it. Yeah, let's, just, let's not be a poor sport. Let's celebrate the yeah. good thing we just did. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Oscars here in a, a few weeks, go everything everywhere all at once. Hopefully it, it wins a bunch of awards. And then Marky Mark, he's de-aging somehow. Dude, he is fucking ripped. He's like dude's jacked. Ripped. He still looks the same. He still looks super young. It's it's weird. It's probably like uh, that South Park episode again where they drink in the stem cells straight yeah. out of the baby's spine. That's like, it's gotta be what Marky Mark's doing. Something I wasn't gonna talk about, but I just thought of it because New England connection is uh, the Tom Brady stand-up career. Oh God. So apparently- Fuck off. Tom Brady already has a contract. He retired from football. He already has a contract to move on to be in the booth for Fox. For $300 plus million. For their, pr- their premier football games for Fox broadcasts. But he says he wants to fulfill a dream before doing that where he does stand-up comedy. He wants to be a stand-up comedian. God. Now, in my opinion, I, I, I thought it was an Onion article. I really did. I uh, thought it yeah. was a joke. And then I was like, oh, this is from CBS. This is like a legit thing. And to me, that's like Yes Man Syndrome, where his inner circle's probably been like, Tom, you're hilarious. You're, you're so funny. You gotta do this, You should Tom. be a stand-up comedian. And he's just like, his ego's out of control. It's probably Gronk. I was talking to our friend Morgan about this, and Morgan was like, 
making me crack up because he's like saying, what if Brady goes out there and he's the bluest comic there is? He's got, he's smoking, yeah. wearing a leather jacket. He drinks, oh, if he can't, if he's fucking Andrew he Dice drinks Clay. 24 bottles of water. Oh my he's God. He's just out there being the bluest comic. But I mean, I, I hope when all is said and done that it's just a prank to set something up. Yeah. Like maybe it's like part of some marketing, weird marketing for something, but it's bizarre. It yeah. is very bizarre to think of. Like, but it's Tom Brady. How many comedians? We know several. I mean, oh, yeah. give Shane, give Mike, give Matt Lillard, yeah. give all these guys, you know, comedy Josh. specials. Yeah. Josh, give them all comedy specials. But instead, it's Tom Brady who they're probably going to be like, his debut stand-up set's an HBO hour. Jesus you know what I mean? Christ. Like, because yeah. that's how it works. It's Steve-O. Love Steve-O, but yeah. like, Steve-O getting to headline comedy shows nationally when he's taking away spots from everyone that's out there doing yeah. the shows, working open mics, you know, doing comedy for 50 people, 20 people, 100 people, whatever. There always seems to be that person that always thinks they're funny and all their friends, like you said with Tom Brady, will just kiss their ass. Yeah. And we'd give them three minutes. If you see a light, get off the stage. They'll get up for 30 seconds and it's fucking horrible. Like yeah. they'll kill the crowd and you're flashing a light to get them off and well, they just think they're so funny. So last time I was in LA, a couple years ago, I went to a, a bunch of comedy shows. So one of my buddies, his buddy does comedy out there. He's always pitching pilots and stuff. He's a uh, stand up. Yeah. But we went to the comedy store. We went to um, like all the spots, yeah. all the, the legendary LA spots. We went to a show one night, maybe six comics on the show. And one of them comes up and I'm like, she looks familiar. And I'm like, so far this set. Yeah. Pretty painful. Pretty, uh, pretty difficult yeah. to sit through. And I'm like, she looks familiar. When I think that the host comes back on, he goes, you know, you saw her on The Bachelor. Oh, and God. Like, That's why. Because my, my wife watches The Bachelor. Yeah. And I was like, and this girl was very controversial. She tried to parlay her Bachelor career into so obnoxious. being a stand-up comedian. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. But because that's how people outside of comedy see, like, I can just do this. I mean, yeah. wrestling is the same way. Like, when I was in wrestling, I was out there, you know, hot dogs and handshakes, yeah. making five bucks and traveling all day. And, and having a terrible match in front of no one, you know, wrestling some dipshit, you know, who wasn't trained. Yeah. And then it's like people from other facets just think like, I can do wrestling. I can yeah. just come in and do wrestling. Like it's so frustrating that that's how the world works now. And, and, you know, you can blame social media, whatever. You Doesn't can, help. You can go and look and say, people have a platform now. So it gives people, it empowers people to think no one has to do things the right way anymore. No. And like great for the success story. Like someone who's like, I started a Twitter account and now I've got 5 million followers and I was able to quit my job and I bought a house and whatever, but it's insulting to people who follow the process, yeah. who go and do things the right way and other people get to catapult. So I guess Tom Brady, it's, it's sort of the same thing. And it's same with us podcasting. Like, yeah. You know, I joked earlier about being on a podcast network. A podcast network won't look at you unless you're a celebrity yep. or you can prove you've got like 10,000 unique listeners. Very frustrating. And, but if you're like, Hey, Hey, I was a reality star. They're like, oh, we're going to pick you up on a podcast network. We're going to pay you a million dollars a year. Not to sound, you know, grandiose. Most of the time, their stuff just sounds like pure shit. Yeah. From a production editing standpoint. But it doesn't matter because they, they have the one thing. You're in the know. Yeah. They have the one thing yeah. the podcast studios want, which is built in listeners. Yeah. Eyeballs, ears on advertising. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. 
They don't care. They don't care what you're talking about. Nope. You know? I ain't farting on no snare drum. Yeah, I'm not doing you know, it. They're, they're, they're talking. Like, you could go talk about literally anything. They yep. don't care. They no. don't care. Talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Are you bringing people with you who want to listen? Yeah, to talk them? about your coffee enema podcast, okay? Yep. Exactly. So, well, that, this one was perfect WTF ender there. That is absolutely perfect. Yeah. It's the end of WTF season. We're going to sprinkle in some swim shorts, which Jim talked about last week. And we are going to kick off our next season back to like regularly scheduled programs. Some good, some bad. Watch Um, along. Watch along. But we're going to do, we're going to start the season when we, what is it? Season 12? Season 12. We're going to start season 12 with a movie that I love, a movie Jim has and seen has not seen and uh i'm excited to cover it wtf season was fun yeah a little traumatizing at times oh yeah i would say so jesus <laughs> we had to watch some really bad movies oh there's some horrible um, ones but we had some good ones like arena we were so happy oh, yeah. like arena we finally horn is champion is champion so all right until next season horn is champion, champion.